And oh, hold on a second. The sun's going down. So my green screen. Take that out, Mikey. Okay. Ah, especially my, my tits in the camera. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. One, two, three, four. is slashers your favorite horror podcast about your favorite horror media welcome back to a very special og ghoul friends episode where it's just me and the lovely aid say hi to the mutant goons from beyond aid hello everybody uh, that's all i have I, i'm trying to be sexy but i think that mikey smirk <sighs> uh mikey smirk would suggest otherwise <laughs> it wasn't that Playing- it was like for some weird reason i felt halfway between that statement that i needed a break from talking and i was like <laughs> let aid take over for a second and then you said hi and i was like well back on <laughs> um we are back and we are discussing is it considered is it 2022 or 2023 this is what i hate about new years okay so initially this aired i think sometime in october in 2022 because... like at a film festival at a film festival, and I think, it, hold on, I, I think I could find it. I know that it would, there was a lot of problems with this, because if you look at the original trailer, or the initial trailer, if you look at it, when it says 1972, and then it turns into 2022, it was initially supposed to come out last year, but I want to say that it, oh yeah, so it was at the Fantasia uh, Film Festival in Montreal in 2022, so it technically was released in festivals in 2022 the theatrical release was obviously this month of 2023 which i think as a in my opinion the start of i think the first horror film of the year besides me three again which i don't consider a horror film um right no you're right as far as the theater goes i mean it yeah it's independent and i think that it's i think it was a very uh, bang opener for the year like I'm really happy with it so yeah it's kind of following in the footsteps not as crazy but it's very much like Terrifier 2 where we have an independent horror film that people probably didn't expect to do much and then it gets released and then people go watch it word gets around and then they start opening up the number of theaters and show times that are going to be playing it so you know, it's a very polarizing movie and like Terrifier 2 or any movie rather, whether it's um, whether you like it or not, we love to see horror successful because that means more horror films. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, being that it's independent, it was a very small budget of what, 15 grand. Yeah, I think that it's for what it is, it's very effective. And I, I want to open up the episode or just give everyone the caveat that you have to have patience for this film. I think there's some prerequisites before you watch this film. You need to have patience. You have to be willing to go on the journey with these characters and sort of immerse yourself into their world. My second criteria, and I think I mentioned it with all of you, is that, I mentioned it to somebody, I can't remember who, that my I feel like for people our age, and Mikey and I are, you know, and we're 80s babies, but we're end of the 80s babies. So we grew up as children. So we would have been close to the ages of the children in the film as this film was set in 1995. And I feel like it's so 
it affects us in this specific generation because we're so familiar with this setting. We grew up in the 90s. We grew up with that carpet. I mean, I know I did. <laughs> we grew up with the snowy, weird wooden TV that you stuffed all the shit on top, right? Like there was so much familiarity and nostalgia with this movie. And a lot of people had issues with the way it was shot and the angles, but we're seeing it through a child's eyes. And I just want to do a quick story and then Mike and I know you're hosting. So but before before you no, I was gonna say before you continue, we haven't mentioned the title of the movie. We are reviewing mm-hmm. Skin on My Dink, also known as Skin and Marink. Um, but yes, go ahead, Adrian. By the way, I thought it was Um, just a Barney song, but apparently it's older than Barney. (laughs) Remember we used to do that with Barney? I know that's so hilarious. Um, Which that's another thing too, is that the Skinnamarink and, you know, like I said, it's very nostalgic. So I just wanted to go over really quick this, this story. In fact, it's two instances. And I, you know, when the kids were going through this throughout the film, it reminded me of these two instances. These are very vivid memories that I had back in the day. One of the things I remember, and I don't remember how old I was, but I remember it was around Christmas time. And my mom had this cardboard cutout of the Grinch, like all sinister, that she would hang low on the door. Like he was coming, I don't know, the front door, she hung it low, right? And I remember waking up scared. I had a nightmare one night and I came in the kitchen and it was the same glow that the kids have, like, you know, in my background right now where the, I think that's the daughter going into one of the bedrooms and with the, with the nightlight in the background, it was the same type of glow. And I literally imagined, I I know I was hallucinating, but I I saw the Grinch turn his head and look at me like this. And I was (laughs) horrified I was screaming and I was trying to get in my parents bedroom but like the way our house was designed back in the day that I had to go past that door to get to their bedroom and I was just like uh and so you know b- between that and then also in the same the same angles I remember I had a doll that looked just like Chucky and he was just as big except he had brown hair but he had green overalls and he was my mom stuck him in the hallway because I woke up screaming when I like I couldn't you know I don't know why I couldn't have him in my room anymore. I think my aunt said he looked like Chucky and then I clicked. I'm like, oh my God, I have Chucky. <laughs> and I was only like five. My aunt's a bitch. And and I, I thought he was moving. Like I thought he was moving and his head was turning and he was, you know, it's just. Did you hear about this movie before it came out or did you only hear about it when it first started showing up on theaters and trailers? No, I got, um, I can't remember who shared it to me. It was one of you. Mm. Who shared the trailer with uh, a group of us? I think it was, I don't know, Doug, your hire or someone had shared the trailer and they were like, oh my God. And then I was watching it and I wasn't listening to it because I was just looking at my phone, like, you know, like you do. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So then I, I put the sound on and I'm hearing the voice in the trailer. And this was months ago. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah. I like know. when I first heard of the movie, it came up up randomly on someone's Facebook and it was a trailer and I was watching it and I don't remember anything about the trailer. I just remember that involved a family and it was like, people were saying it was super scary. I guess critic reviews may have been out already saying it was scary. And I watched it and I was like, that doesn't actually look really scary. It wasn't the trailer that we saw recently, but enough time went by to where I forgot everything about the trailer 
And then we started getting notified that it was going to start coming out in theater. And then a new trailer came out, which is the trailer that everybody saw recently. I honestly wasn't planning on watching it because I remember I saw the trailer from a while ago and I didn't really think anything of it. And my friend who I go watch movies with sometimes messaged me just a screenshot of it. And he was like, you down? And I was like, sure, you know, I'll always go to the movies, you know, someone invites me. I wasn't going to plan on making an effort to go to this movie, uh, you know, myself. But if someone wanted to go and invited me, I'll tag along. And I purposely didn't watch the trailer because I was like, I remember not really liking the trailer. So let's just not do that. And someone mentioned to me something about the trailer. And I was like, well, I haven't seen it, but I'm watching the movie tomorrow. And they were like, no, like watch the trailer. I was like, uh, he was like, it's a, it's a trailer doesn't really give anything away about the movie. I was like, okay. So I started watching it and it was the one with the little boys walking around and he hears the boys to come upstairs and stuff. And I got like really misty eyed. It was really weird because it reminds me of a nightmare that I've had as a kid. And I think what you were talking about earlier where, you know, after watching it, I was like, I don't know if the younger generation is really going to vibe with this movie, but it's because we know what it's like to be in a iPad free world in a computer free world. I don't even know if I had a computer in the house when I was this age. Um, and, And that really like, in a way it makes your house darker when you don't have any electronics. I mean, obviously you have the TV and stuff, but when you don't have anything that connects you to the outside world besides a landline, it's just, there's something about it that makes it the house or nighttime feel darker and it makes your house a little scarier. So I was watching it. I remember when I was super young, like in a crib, I don't even know how I remember this because apparently you don't remember things until after you're like three. But I remember like being in a crib and looking out into the hallway. My, my door was open and it was all dark. And I just remember seeing something in the hallway. It was probably my mom. But like, I remember seeing something in the hallway and, and it was like a person figure. Um, but I couldn't really make out what it was. I don't know if it's because I was a baby or what, or I don't know, maybe I dreamt this. But I just remember being really scared. And that's all I remember. And so that reminded me, this reminded me of that dream that I had. And, you know, we all know what it's, well, if you're around our age, you know what it's like to wake up in the middle of the night and you don't want to wake your parents up. You don't really have anything to do except watch your TV really, really low. And you're walking around your house that at this age seems like a mansion. And, you know, there's no lights on. I didn't even have night lights when I was young. So it's, it definitely had that advantage for our generation of automatically having that creep factor because we were all there at yeah. one point or another. Yeah. I'm, again, we are very familiar with the setting. And I think, I, you know, I'm not saying that people younger than us won't appreciate it, but they don't know what it's like. We are the last to know what it's like to live in a technology free world. Like you said, yes, there was computers, there was internet, but it was dial up at yeah. whenever, whenever and dial up wow. started. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, you couldn't just get online and go sneak around at night. That fucking thing would be like wake up the whole house and the rest of the neighborhood. <laughs> so, um, and you know, and that's the thing is that I, I kind of feel that, and I always say this, you need to start horror movies need to start setting themselves back in a, in a, in an older generation, because the, the onset of cell phones, tablets, computers, internet, Wi-Fi, it just kind of takes you out of the creep factor. It takes you out of the scariness because you always think in the back of your mind, oh, well, that bitch could just 
you know, call the police. Oh, she's got her phone, figure it out. Oh, you know, you know what I mean? I just don't think like an information is just accessible when you're, when you're setting films back in, you know, a simpler quote, simpler time, the nineties wasn't that simple. There's a lot going on. I mean, CD players, come on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We were a real, we were a real inconvenience back then. I I still have CDs in my car because I have a CD player. How sad is that? But, you know, I just think that the, the effectiveness of this type of film making it feel because the way that it's shot also too makes it feel like it's back in the 90s because you have I don't I mean I don't know if you did but my uncle at every fucking party Christmas whatever my uncle Nelson running around with his goddamn that big ass black monstrosity of a camera that you had to hold on your shoulder and it was really heavy none of us could pick it up like he would always tape everything so we have millions of home videos of all of our parties all of our gatherings all of our get-togethers on vhs and it's all grainy and shit like this with yeah. this with the nasty brown shag carpet that nothing's lit because everything's dark in the house like yeah like even though there's a party going on like there's it's never bright enough you ever notice that oh yeah <laughs> like it's not like now where you just knock down all the walls and put these big windows in and paint everything white like i mean you know house hunters was not a thing back then everybody so yeah you know it's it's just i think that it it adds to the suspense and the tension so again coming back to what i was saying earlier if you can be patient and follow these kids on this journey and be present in that time then you will be scared there there's no doubt about it i mean i think any and i don't know how kids feel nowadays because they have all these screens in their face yeah like how what 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 affects them really like do kids get up and scream because they're in the dark like every kid i know has that stupid little lamp with all the fucking dinosaurs or stars on the ceiling like nothing's dark anymore (laughs) like one of my students has a a lizard or some snake in her room and she was showing me pictures of it and it was dark and i'm like why is your room red she's like well but that's because the the red light to keep the snake you know snake alive and i'm like uh, like I can't sleep with a red light on in my fucking room all night like who does that but that's how these kids are now so it's like I, it's just interesting to me like I'm wondering I'm wondering if people still feel that way and that their house is still scary like it was when you were a kid I'm wondering yeah yeah so Skin in the Rink originally planned to be released in 2022 released in 2023 early of this year has four characters in it you hardly see their faces um we have jamie hill who plays the mom lucas paul who plays kevin who's the little brother ross paul who plays the dad and dolly rose teachrolt which plays kaylee who is the younger sister um it was directed by kyle edward ball which i don't know if this is the exact same person i think it is but on twitter someone posted because you know how like when people like stuff on twitter even if you're not following someone it shows up on your feed uh, someone yeah. was people were commenting on this guy's post that was like hey everyone I really love and appreciate the support but please no more dms I'm I can't take any more and I was like who's that and it was the creator of skin and Marink. and I was like oh good you know he deserves you know the attention because even if you don't like the movie it's admirable to see what people make because it's different it's mm-hmm. you know we sit here and think as horror fans We've seen the same thing over and over and over again. What can we do to make it different? Even though people could compare this to found footage, it is a little it's different than anything we've seen before. And that's probably why it is polarizing. But um, it, all together, without the cartoons, has about 500 words in the whole movie. I think that's mm-hmm. what I read. 
but basically the very loose plot is two kids wake up in the middle of the night and go to their living room with old classic cartoons playing on the tv which was funny because i forgot who i was talking to and we were talking about the movie I was like, yeah, and those old cartoons or whatever. It was like, yeah, those cartoons when y'all were around. And I was like, bitch, those cartoons were around when my mom was young. Like, yeah. <laughs> when I was I, young, it was like I, Dexter's I, Lab. Like, those were old cartoons. I, but I had those on VHS, all those cartoons. Yeah, well, they at night, they did play those cartoons. Like, yeah. they, play, they played the recent cartoons in the daytime. But when nighttime came around, it would be, you know, even like Tex Avery cartoons or like Looney Tunes from like, 70s yeah. or 80s or whenever they came out i think Looney tunes came out in the 60s yeah it's really surprising <laughs> very to know... racist <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really surprising to see how old like cartoons that we're familiar with go back it's really weird like betty boop was from the 40s sorry for like half the audience who doesn't know who that is it's so scary when they wake up and come out of the room because they're looking at the window and then it disappears and kevin's like did you see that yeah and i'm just like Oh my God. Yeah. And doors just, and it, windows are disappearing. Yeah. And, and so basically they wake up in the house and it was funny because I was telling my students this plot because I played the trailer for my second period. Cause they're like, what are you doing this weekend? I go, Oh, I'm going to watch this movie. Yeah. And so I played the trailer. They're like, she loves scary movies. <laughs> and they are all sitting there. And the, some of the kids, a bunch of them weren't paying attention, you know, cause they don't like it's in this generation, their phone is the only thing they care about. Literally, they all eventually stopped with whatever they were doing and started watching this. Movie. What is this? What is this? Like, I just get, <laughs> what do you mean? Who's in the house? What happened to the kid? What, Miss, what the hell is this? Like, they're all getting upset. And I go, it's a movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so they're like, well, what happened? So I explained to them that the, these two little kids wake up, their father's missing, and there's no doors and no windows. So they they equated, one of them was thinking, well, so then they can just walk out of the house because the doors and the windows, just, but they thought like it was a big hole oh. in the house, <laughs> which I, yeah, I, I could see yeah. misconstruing that as that, you know, and so right away, I thought that was hilarious, but they don't just start watching the cartoons. They, they go down there because they realize something's wrong and they want to camp out there. The sister even says, let's sleep downstairs. Like the sister knows something's up and yeah. they start playing these cartoons. And it's so interesting that everything that's happening to the characters in the cartoon is happening to the children. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that, but I did notice that all the cartoons had somewhat to do with death. Yes. Because these are all very dark cartoons. I had a whole VHS with the, specific, specifically the one with the dog seeing the ghost come out. Mm -hmm. And I wish I still had it, but I remember I had like a special title on it. And I don't know why my mom bought this shit for us. She probably watched when she was a kid and then I'm now I'm watching it, right? And so it, it's just interesting because why are only these cartoons playing on the TV? Because they're watching it on VHS and that's how I watched it, right? Yeah. And then eventually the V, uh, well, whatever, we'll get into that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. Because, um, you know, the the very loose plot is that they're trying to figure out what's happening and where their parents are um and it's not the dad who's missing it's the mom who's missing and so from this point on if you want to see the movie stop because we're probably going to start getting into spoilers so this is your official spoiler warning my friend told me because when i well actually let's talk about when we were watching it you said that it requires patience and i was sitting there in the theater i went with two friends and 
I feel like the first 20 minutes was like, please, God, don't let this be the whole movie. Because it's just still shots of the architecture. Um, Yeah, windows, walls, weird angles. And like once in a while, they go to the kids and the kids do something. You also don't really see them. You just kind of see like their feet or you see like their shadow or their silhouette moving. You only see the little boy's face once. And I think you see the dad's face once. But they're in the living room trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And my friend told me that you have, like, every line in this movie that is delivered by a person is extremely intentional. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what leads to some of the theories. Because the little girl said something like, I don't want to see mommy or something like that. Or she indicates that there's some bad juju with that mom. And that she's not here or she's not in the house. And so then she goes to the, the parents' room which was one of the scariest parts of the whole movie. And yeah. oh my God. <laughs> and I guess the mom and the dad are there in bed. So she's like freaking out. She's like, uh, and I, it's, it's just, it's hard to explain what happens to the movie. Cause honestly, if you take out all the still shots, it's probably like a 30 minute movie. Um, well, I think that a lot of the still shots, specifically in the beginning kind of shows you the layout of the house. So now you know what's happening. Like, you know, where the house is and, and, in terms of where everything is and where the kitchen is, where there's hallways, where the kids have to go up the stairs, um, where, you know, specifically that little behind me, if you're watching the video, specifically the nightlight, which I thought was so creepy because remember she goes up there to get some towels and she plugs it back in. Mm-hmm. So the sister is pretty much in charge. Yeah. And I think, and for me, that's the most horrifying part because I'm the older sister. This would have been my brother and me. And I yeah. would have been taking care of him. And so I kept thinking of that, right? And the issue, and, and the, here's where I think that there's some confusion. Because what I took it was, was that the father's missing. At the beginning, the father makes a phone call. And he's calling who I assume is the mother who's left. And he's telling her, oh, don't don't get worried. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. You know, it, nothing's wrong. But Kevin fell down the stairs split his head open but he didn't need stitches or whatever and that's the beginning of the movie and then later on in the movie the daughter um the little boy was asking about mom and she's like i don't want to talk about mom yeah and so there is clearly from what i take a very hostile family dynamic going on between the parents and i feel like that there's like some kind of divorce or trauma going on with the parents and that the mom is no longer in the house. The dad's taking care of the kids and Kevin falls and splits his head open. And so when we learn that, and that's at the very beginning, we learned that Kevin hurt himself because we hear him screaming and crying. Remember beginning? Yeah. We, and this is what the problem, this might be the problem with a lot of people in the movie. You hear things, but the camera's panning through the house as you're listening to it. So if you're not listening or taking into any account of what's happening then you're going to be very confused and so at at the beginning when I started it because I was watching I was watching it alone (laughs) (laughs) and I was I was freaking myself out like I'm like what the fuck why am I watching this goddamn movie alone and um you know I I I was I was in and out of like paying attention and then I'm thinking because you know you know me my mind's on five thousand things at once and then when I hear the kids screaming and crying, and then I hear the dad talking, oh, he hurt himself. 
for the rest of the film, I thought that this was probably either are we talking about spoilers or anything? Yeah, we theory? can spoil it. Yeah. I thought it was either Kevin being unconscious and imagining all of this. Because remember, um, Kaylee even mentions that he keeps sleepwalking. So for me, I keep thinking Kevin's sleepwalking and he's imagining all of this. And these things aren't really happening. He's just in and out of like this consciousness. And it sort of kind of happens when you have dreams, right? Because when you have dreams, nothing is ever sort of... things. Things are right but they're not right there's always something a little off and that's how this whole film felt to me and then i was talking to all of you and i think i no, i was talking to austin it was funny because i don't know why we were just texting and i was talking to austin i said i fucking feel like i know where this is going be really fucking pissed if they do this because i feel like this is a cop out a lot of movies do this for example the others um the character's been dead the whole time kind of bullshit right yeah so that that could be a theory, right? That they're dead or um, that they're whatever. And so it just kind of annoyed me because I'm like, if this is where this is going, I'm not going to sit here and just, get, you know, be uncomfortable the entire time and deal with the same tired trope. But the problem or the, the beauty of this film is, and Mikey, you can talk about your theories, is that because I have one more that I want to share, but you don't know there. There's like, you never know. Nothing is ever revealed. You never know what the fuck is going on. And I think that's the scariest part. That's the most unsettling part is that there's no clarification of what is actually happening. And there still isn't. Like the movie's been out for a couple of weeks and nobody's really, everybody has their theories and the creator, writer has not, as far as I know, has not shared anything. Yeah. So when I was watching it, I was getting really others vibes too. I was like, mm-hmm. are they ghosts? And the noises they're hearing are like people that are actually alive in the house. Mm-hmm. But when she doesn't want to talk about her mom and then they make the phone call to 911. And then when the sister disappears and so I, I think this, the voice, whatever it was, was like, she didn't listen or something like that. Or she, he did something because she didn't listen. She she didn't, the voice tells Kevin that she wouldn't be quiet. She kept asking for her mom and dad. Yeah, so he took her mouth away. He took her mouth away. scared the shit out of people in the theater when that happened. Um, <laughs> so, and then Kevin gets a knife and stabs himself in the eye off camera. But you hear, and you hear like the baby screaming and crying, which is like triggering because... I have a baby in the house. And and also this movie also is triggering because one of my biggest fears is one of my kids being in a situation without us. And like, how would they like, mm-hmm. this is such a morbid thought, but sometimes when it's been just me and Olivia, I've been like, what happens if I just like accident, like an accident happens in the house and I die. And like, she's just by herself. Like, does she know how to do any, like call the cops or like, I don't know. It's it. It's a fear that I well, have, and so you probably should teach her. <laughs> well, she's old enough now, but this was like before when she was the yeah. the age of like. Because I'm guessing Kevin is probably around four, and Kaylee is probably four, about five or six. Yeah, Kevin's four and Kaylee is six. Because I was yeah. reading that somewhere, and I think that that's really important to note that they are not just children; they are children. Yeah, like, they're like babies. One is a toddler, and one is barely a toddler. Like. Yeah. And so this is real morbid, Joe. I'm sorry, but because of the voice, 
I thought that the mom killed them because he stabs himself in the eye. We hear the audio of him crying because he got stabbed in the eye. Um, and so I thought that had to do something with the mom. The little girl may have, you know, the mom may have done something with her in regards to like the way she quote unquote dies. But I was like, these kids are in hell and they're reliving their deaths. Because at the very end, it's like day 500 or whatever. And I would usually just be like, yeah. yeah. And like people think that, you know, he's in a coma or um, what was the other one? They've been dead the whole time and they're just ghosts or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, but why are the windows and doors disappearing? And why are they hearing that voice? Because it's a sinister voice. Like, it's not like, hey, y'all, let's go upstairs. Yeah. It's like, no, come upstairs. Oh, that was good, Nike. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I think that the one of one of the theories that I I was reading a lot of articles and watching a lot of things, and they they mentioned, but everybody glosses over it because it's a really hard topic. Is that there is some trauma going on, possibly some child abuse, possibly the fact that the mother was abusing the children or hurting the children, and that's why she's not in the house. The father th- throws her out, whatever. Or they're going, or the father's abusing the whole family, and that's why the mom is constantly crying. She's asking, "Well, why is mom crying?" And it's you know because, and the thing is, at the beginning of the film, her the father's the one helping uh, Kevin fix his toy, right? And it was like a little radio or whatever the hell it was help fixing, or it could have been the telephone from later. And when the kids are looking for the parents, they always ask for dad. Mom is not in the house. And so later on when Kaylee's like, mom, why are you crying? That's why I feel like it's more of a, either a fever dream or they are dead and they're reliving some trauma because clearly they've seen their mom crying. And that's the same way that Kaylee sees her upstairs. All of a sudden dad's home and he's sitting in bed and he's telling her to look under the bed. And I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about this because I'm like, I had a look, like I didn't look. (laughs) <laughs> when the camera pans down, I just turned my head. I'm like, I can't look at this shit. I was like this. I, huh? I was literally like, I yeah. can't. I can't. I, I can't looked at the it. floor. I didn't want my friends to see me, but like, I was like, my eyes were looking at the floor the whole time when those things were happening. And honestly, like the whole last 10 minutes too, I was getting real panicky. And I was just looking at the floor because it was starting to trigger some stuff in me. Um, it's the tension that it builds and the way that it is filmed and the and the pacing because because the camera the way it goes so slow mm-hmm. and then you're looking in the darkness and it's just i get shot like i'm not watching this movie again i i think it was effective it scared the shit out of me i'm good i don't need to see it again <laughs> um but a more lighter theory about what's happening with kevin and kaylee well another two first some people had, had been saying that Kevin actually died when he fell down the stairs and that Kevin is the ghost and Kaylee's still alive. And so Kevin's kind of in the, his, his ghost is in the house, whatever, you know, because all of the things that sort of stick to the ceiling besides the chair, it are toys. Did you notice that? They're like children's things. Yeah. And then they constantly want to play with the toys. So I feel like it has to do with the kids either being dead or whatever. But then the the toilet goes missing, and that was the scary part when isn't that when Kaylee went in the bedroom because she she walked her brother upstairs to go to the bathroom, and so she goes back in her parents' room and she sees them, and I think that's 
to me, and I'm getting, I'm getting chills just thinking about <laughs> it because even though I don't have children, I, it was my maternal instinct. These are little babies and I, I'm a teacher. I'm with kids all day. My maternal instincts initially kicked in because these babies are alone and it's sad and they're, yeah. they're just going about their day. Like Kaylee wakes them up and she's whispering and she's like, Kevin, I think it's time to get up because they don't even know if it's morning or night. Like, it's just a complete clusterfuck. And then things start happening first with the lights. And and this is what I was worried would happen. And it doesn't, thank God. And I guess it kind of does. It actually does. That whatever's doing this is turning out the light slowly and that they're going to be engulfed in darkness, which also, you know, represents death. And, you know, when they can't turn on the kitchen light, I was just like, fuck that. I was so upset. And the only light that comes is this, this this dull gray light from the tv at, at one point yeah and you know so I, whatever so there's that theory on a lighter theory and a happier theory and i don't know if you're ready to hear this i'm ready if you are let me know okay and it actually made me feel a lot better about the film and i'm gonna i'm going to take this theory into account the happier theory is that when kevin hit his head he has a concussion and so basically all of this is a dream. He's in and out of consciousness. That's why he's sleepwalking all the time. And that's why like he still thinks his mom's in the house or she maybe she came back. The parents are still fighting. And that face at the end or well the voice was saying I can do whatever I want. I can do anything I want. That voice is actually his mom's voice talking. Like he's hearing people speaking and that's what he hears. And then they were, and the theory was the face at the end that you can't really see is actually his mother's face because he's in and out of consciousness. And when he does wake up, that's what he sees when he goes back to sleep again, because his mom is telling him to go to sleep. And so that made me feel so much better. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Kevin's having a day. Like, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I that's think. the theory I'm going to believe. <laughs> when it ended, there was. There was something like I've never experienced and I thought it was actually really cool. It wasn't with me. It was the person behind me. But like when the movie finally ended, it was all quiet. And one of the girls behind me in the theater just goes, <sighs> like she was holding in her breath the whole time. And I was like, oh my goodness. I've never heard someone do that before at the theater. Um, and then um, I think it just, what stuck with me was like, because at the end I was like, okay, these kids are in hell and they're reliving their lives. And I just felt, I mean, reliving their deaths. And I just felt really bad when it ended because just thinking about that. And I was like, yeah, it was scary when I was watching it. And actually it was pretty scary even beyond like when I was going to bed and stuff, I was, I would think about it, but I had just like almost like this heartbreak for like children going through yeah. that. It's really bad. It's really ugly. Um, but overall, it's definitely a solid entry into the horror. We have to say our dear, lovely friend, Austin did not enjoy oh, this film. And I want to I want to preface this with the fact that Austin Austin does not have a child yet. And so and Austin is a he's a baby. He's younger than all of us. <laughs> and so I feel like all of that kind of plays on it because Austin seems like he's not new to horror, but he's new enough that he doesn't like he you know, he just he whatever. And Mikey's the same way. Like you're like Mikey you haven't seen that movie. Oh. Um and so I just want to preface that because I don't, I think that after Austin becomes a father, 
And I think that after he deals with all of this and then rewatching this movie, I think it's going to hit him differently. But anyways, continue. Well, this is one of those movies that I feel, we mentioned it a lot the past couple episodes, but I feel like with this one, really, you shouldn't know anything about it before you go in. The trailer that you see, the you know, the little 30 second one of the thing telling the kid to go upstairs, that's fine. But I think what happens is you start hearing people say, oh my God, this is the scariest movie so far. It scared the shit out of me, blah, blah, blah. So you start expecting, putting expectations on the film. Whereas I saw somewhere before the movie, because I was trying really hard to avoid spoilers, that it was very decisive. And I saw the term art house flop. Oh, divisive. Yeah. What did I say? Decisive. Oh, whatever. Um, same thing. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't trying to call you out, but no, there's uh-huh, divisive well, you did. is true. Yeah. No, but I no, I know, I'm just kidding. But um, because so I knew already that it was going to be a very, you know, people are probably gonna love it or people are probably gonna hate it. So mm-hmm. I intentionally told myself in the theater, I was like, let's just separate myself from everything I've read. Let's not put any expectations on this. I, it might, honestly, some people say something scary and then like it comes out and everybody's like, it's not even scary. It's like, this could be a case of that. So I just threw everything out and I just sat there and literally I had to tell myself to watch it like an experience. Cause when I tell people, they're like, is it good? I was like, yeah, but like, I don't know if I would recommend it because it's not like a traditional movie. And like, what does that mean? And I was like, well, pretend that you had to watch the VHS tape in the ring, but for an hour and a half. Because that's kind of how it plays out. Oh, um, you know what? Yes, you're right. Because it's very... It's choppy. And you're like, what the fuck? But then grainy. things start making, putting together at the end. Um, and Austin just thought it was really boring. He said he'd rather watch paint dry. So I'm going to tell him that now every time he recommends a movie. Um, I love to give him shit. So I made him think that I was just going to completely go in on him on this episode. But unfortunately, he couldn't make it today. So it's just... Me and my walking, talking vagina aid. Yay. (laughs) Well, okay. And that was why we wanted, we wanted someone who who had that opinion. So that's why we're only mentioning it. We're not trying to call Austin out. We would have talked more shit to him. No, I'm calling him out. I'm just kidding. Well, I'd rather, (laughs) I'd rather say to his face because I don't care because I disagree with him wholeheartedly. I just just, uh, spam his his own (laughs) podcast Facebook group with it. So, and, um, and I, Austin's podcast is Frightmares, if y'all ever want to check that out. But anyways, um, it, it just, it, it is divisive. There are people who are going to think this is horrifying like we did. And and I told, the only reason I, I was saying to Austin, I go, I can't sit through this. Like, this is so bad. Like, I just don't. And he was like, it's bad. I go, it's just, it's making me uncomfortable. Because if you can be patient and take it for what it is, it will get to you. But, you know, we live in an age where people can't look at their phones for more than five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't go without any technology. Like we're li- we live in an age where everything has to be in our face. The beauty of this film is that I think it sort of plays on that because of the shots, because of the different way that it's filmed. You're kind of interested to see what happens. And I thought it was kind of beautiful in the sense that I'm watching it. I can look at different angles and look at different parts of the ceiling. Maybe I'm going to see something. And, you know, you're expecting to see a lot and you don't. And I think, I think that's effective though, because it's the same with, with found footage. Found footage is all over the fucking place. And we always expect that we're going to see something in the corner and here. That's why like, anytime you watch a found footage film, like you're always looking around. Like that's what I do. I look at every angle on the screen. I don't look at the focal point because the whole point is 
whatever's behind or, you know, in the background. And so with this one, I mean, maybe there are some things happening. I, it's just, it's a lot to unpack. It, there's a lot of things, a lot of theories. It's really scary. And I think that the scariest part of it, in my opinion, is feeling like how they would have felt. Like when I was a kid walking around the house in the dark, like you felt the same. It was a very horrifying experience for you. Remember you would run to the bathroom or you'd run to your yeah. parents' room. Like you wouldn't just like, you wouldn't Jump just like linger bed. in the dark hallway. Yeah. Like you wouldn't do that. I don't know how fucking kids behave now because I feel like there's lights everywhere. They have all these screens lit up and there's, you know, there's the digital clock and then the, uh, the Alexa's talking. Like, it's not like, oh, I hope she doesn't say anything. It's not <laughs> like, it's not like you're, a, you're not really alone anymore, right? Yeah. Like you're not cut off anymore. Yeah. You are always connected to something. And so I think that that's probably the scariest part and that these babies are alone. They're alone. Yep. And they've got these creepy ass little fucking cartoons and they're playing with Legos and that's about it. And I am like, oh, the Barbie's naked on the ceiling. Oh yeah. Which is funny because that was like, Barbie. that was like shown everywhere. And it wasn't until I was watching the movie where I was like, oh, it's on the ceiling. Because <laughs> I was like, what's this random picture of the Barbie on the floor? <laughs> I thought it was on the floor. Because, you know, like you always addressed her Barbies and she'd yeah. be in her fucking, throw her, her hair would be a mess. Yeah. Yeah, or she'd be missing a head. My brother would go and decapitate them all. And you know, once you take the head off, they're never the same. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I know you said you probably would never watch this movie again, but I actually do have plans on buying it when it comes out. I think it was unique enough to earn a spot in my library. And I kind of do want to watch it again. I think it's a cool thing to like when you know someone that hasn't watched it to be like, hey, let's let's check this out. Um, to you know, kind of like see it with someone that has a fresh pair of eyes. That's just me. But yeah, no, that'd be fine. I mean, I would buy it. I would have it. I would keep it. I mean, I have no problem. I think that it deserves that. I think it deserves, it's a brand new style. Like it's, there's a lot of things going on with it that we've not seen before. And I think that I well, really quickly. I mean, ball or it was, you know, written and directed. We said earlier by Kyle Edward ball, but I was reading earlier that, you know, he was inspired by, you know, directors such as, Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch. And when you think about it, um, that clearly makes sense because, you know, I, especially with Kubrick, I always feel like, you know, his settings kind of have their own heartbeat, right? Mm -hmm. Because another theory is too, that this is, this is an evil entity. It is torturing the children. And then it keeps them trapped in this house forever until they die. Like, yeah. that could be, that could be the horrible theory for it, right? Could, we could just take it at face value for what it is. And then it's talking to them. And I hate that because you ever feel like you hear a voice, especially when you're a kid, you always hear things that are, aren't really there. Um, and it's probably just your parents talking in another room. <laughs> you don't think about it because you're half asleep. Yeah. Um, but also another thing I wanted to, to, to note is that he was also inspired a lot by the shots and the panning shots of Black Christmas from 1974, which all of you know is my favorite fucking movie one of my favorites um and it makes sense because a lot of that film is panning throughout the house especially when we see billy's eye in the doorway the way that angle is shot and if you don't know what i'm talking about you better fucking watch that movie otherwise you can't talk to me and <laughs> the way that it's shot and you know these are things that we never saw before and we still don't really see too much of it now because i feel like you know, a lot of films, especially horror movies, they, they just got to be in your face, quick, be done in under 90 minutes. And 
that's it. Like they all have the same kind of formula and there's not a lot of avant-garde type of, you know, fresh, fresh looks at it. I don't know. Am I just talking out of my ass? I probably am. I sound highbrow. I'm really not everybody. I'm sorry. (laughs) She's an elite horror critique. No, I agree. I think it is new. I, I, I would consider it, you know, people say it's art. What do they call it? Art house. I don't remember. It's just different. It's art house, yeah. It's a different take. Every film is art, but whenever it's something different, people are going to say it's art house trash. But regardless, I think if you're a horror fan, you should definitely watch it. But with that said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. You can find us on Facebook at Slashers Pod. No. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're back for a quick moment. We have a special guest in the studio today because his ears were a ringing as Aid was talking her shit. Uh oh. I managed to keep things very neutral. I don't do team frightmares. I don't do team slashers. I am Sweden. You're, you're Switzerland, you mean? Switzerland? Or is Whatever. Sweden? Whatever. Which one? We're American. They're basically. <laughs> They're all neutral. Yeah. We're the antagonists uh, over here. <laughs> exactly. But everybody, welcome to the ho- wait, to the show. Excuse me. The host. I was gonna say welcome to the host. Welcome to the host. Welcome to the show, Austin from Frightmares Podcast. I'm here. I'm in my pajamas. I'm uh, I'm ready to go, you know. Feeling yeah. cozy. Yes. So we had a mix up today, y'all. I'm not known for my brains, just for my beauty. And with that, I mistakenly thought Austin was not available today, but turns out he was. So by the grace of God, he has joined us and I wanted to get him on because Aid and I obviously love this movie. Well, love is a strong word. Aid and I had a great time watching this movie. We were scared. We were spooked. All that good stuff. You, sir... <laughs> and see, I think this is what hurts the most. Oh no. Oh, just get it over with now, please. What hurts the most is that since the beginning of our friendship, we have been on the same page about Halloween kills. We have been on the same page, I think, about the new Hellraiser. I forgot, but like everything. Yeah, pretty much. Even when it's like everyone against me on my show, I'm just like, well, Austin usually agrees with me, and he does. Yeah, I'm there. This was the first time. It's our first fight. Well, you... maybe like second. Okay, but you know. Well, that's because you decided to double down. And when we saw Run, Sweetheart, Run, you decided to come in correct and also talk shit about that movie, <laughs> which I happen to really like. Oh, no. But then so again, like, I don't. Back to back. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. It's my I don't, fault. I don't know what you were even watching because you were telling me things. And I'm like, that actually didn't happen, Austin. This is what happened. And you were like, oh, shit. So, you know, I'm not perfect. Okay. I'm not perfect. I was watching the movie and it wasn't working for me. Those fourth wall breaks. Oh, I don't know. Didn't make sense to me. Maybe I, I need to rewatch, you know? No, you're well, we, I, I can't ruin it. We'd have to do a whole episode on it. We'd have to hold, you know, we'd have to stop here and do a whole other episode on that one. So we'll yeah. see another time. Yes. I would actually <laughs> love to talk about it because the, oh, fourth, no, same. the fourth wall breaks, I feel were warranted because of certain reasons that I don't want to discuss yet. What I didn't like was the run. Um, yeah, the run on the screen. Yeah. That made it, me so crazy. Oh, it was, it was fine. Well, it was fine the first time when I thought it was the title screen. I was like, oh, that's right. cute. But then I was like, oh, wait, that's not the title screen. Um, and then I was like, okay, stop doing it. Yeah, they did it like four uh, times. I was like, okay, we we got it. <laughs> you're you're allowed to do it in the f- first 
in the beginning when it's a title screen and then do it again at the end and that's it yeah i was i was totally fine when they did it the first time i was like oh i like this and then they did it like three more times i'm like okay every time she runs you can't just say run that that's that's silly it reminds me of that stupid TikTok trend where it's like, run. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we get it. <laughs> and that anyway, was definitely released after that TikTok trend. So le- listen. Yeah. So filmmakers, do your research. <laughs> research. How, yes. how, proper, how proper of you. I like it. You're welcome. But yes. So Skin and Marink, Austin, before you saw it, did you hear about it see a trailer anything or did you just watch it because we were all talking about it so i this is actually something i had seen advertised a long time well okay i'd say back in october of 2022 it was this image right here that's behind me um it's the kids sitting in the hallway with skin and ring at the bottom except the image was flipped upside down and i was like "Ooh, that looks fun it looks found footagey or pov style and even though it wasn't that's okay um and i've been waiting for it to drop for a couple months and i've been very anticipated like i've been very excited for this movie and anticipating it and i saw the ratings on letterbox they were kind of all over the place but they were at like a 3.3 uh back a couple months ago and i was like oh cool okay getting hyped for this movie and then i saw that it was at my local theater and i was like holy shit i have to go see an indie you know movie on the big screen and this was after it had made like eight hundred and ninety seven thousand dollars, uh at least according to facebook it had made a lot of money and I was like, holy shit, people are seeing this indie movie. It's like making waves. This is like Terrifier 2 all over again. Let me go see it. And I don't know if it was because there, there could be a whole variable of reasons why I didn't like this. Like I had just watched Meet the Feebles that same day and that was rough to, that was rough to get through, even though on the podcast, I really wanted to rewatch it after we talked about it because it did like the speaking about it and talking about it. With you guys really made me want to rewatch it with different eyes. Yeah, but same. I had just, yeah, I had just watched that that day. And Gabby was gone. Um, she was with her friend that day. So I was at the movies by myself. And um, I don't know. I think it might have just been a combination of all those things. But I was just so fucking bored with it and that I ended up walking out of the movie. And I don't walk out of movies. I don't. The last movie I almost walked out of was Halloween Kills because I, I was so tired of them chanting Halloween Kills, you know, or Evil Dies Tonight over and over. Um, but I stuck through it because there was like six people with us. But yeah, yeah I, I just I, I eventually looked at my phone. I was like, I'm an hour in. There's 40 minutes left. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I walked out and then I eventually saw it again. I, I watched it with Gabby this time just to make sure I wasn't crazy. And we both had the same thoughts. We were both just super bored and wondering why everyone, you know, like you guys were like, this is so creepy and spooky. So I'm very excited to hear what your take is, because maybe I missed something um maybe there's something in childhood that people experienced that i didn't experience that they kind of related to with this movie that made them scared like i don't know i'm I'm really curious to know what what you thought about it obviously aid's not here but um yeah it just did not work for me the camera angles of the door jams and ceilings and it just felt very uh, i don't know it felt very like forced like it was experimental but it just felt like they were trying to be too edgy you know what i mean I don't think it was trying to be too edgy. I think it was trying to be, well, I don't think it was trying to, I just think it was really different. And the danger of being different is that people accuse you of trying to be either like elevated, like you're trying to be smarter than you are right. or trying to be too art housey. Yeah. So what I was mentioning earlier and aid kind of liked it for the same reason I liked it. So you can kind of just get a two for one with me, but uh, yeah, we don't have to worry about her. Like, nah, you know, so yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh so 
I, within the first 20 minutes, I was like, dear God, I'm going to hate this movie because it starts off with those not even like lateral shots. It's like very unflattering cut, like cuts of like a door, but like the top 10th of a door and like tons of white space. (laughs) And so I was like, oh no. And actually it wasn't even my idea. Cause I was going to say, I did have, I was with two friends and these are like movie friends. So you know how like you can watch movies with like, oh, my friends want to watch a movie, but y'all watch something like just entertaining. Yeah. I went with like my movie friends that will like actually analyze and like discuss in depth movies. And I was afraid that they weren't having a good time also, which also was bearing on me. Um, but then I was like, you know what? Just forget about it. Just like sit here and take it as an experience, not as an actual movie. Because the best way I can explain it is you're watching a full length feature movie made the way that however they made the tape in the ring. Because that's just, that's the only way I could explain because people are like, what do you you mean it's not traditional? And I was like, well, have you seen the ring? You know the video (laughs) tape they watch? It's like that. Um, Yeah. But it did unlock, and I was telling Aid that it did unlock something in me when I saw the trailer because i wasn't going to watch the trailer but i think you or someone convinced me to watch the trailer i did not watch the trailer typically for horror movies that i get really amped about except for like evil dead like i had to watch that one uh but for like any movies and stuff like that i typically don't watch the trailer i will just read the imdb blurb just so i have an idea of what's going on and then i try to go in like same thing with scream six i'm like i'm not watching any trailers i'm going into that as blind as i can so it might have, I don't know who it was that would convince you to watch that, but it was not me. I didn't even know there was, I don't even think I knew there was a trailer on this one, to be honest. Yeah. And so it was, <laughs> it was the trailer that came out whenever it was being re- released in the theaters. Okay. My, fr- my friend was like, it really doesn't say anything about the movie. It doesn't like give anything away. So I was like, well, I don't know how you know that because it just came out, but I'll watch it. <laughs> and so I watched it and it was basically just the quick scene of the little boy walking around and the voice tells him to come upstairs. Mm, yeah. Um, And like, like I, t- I tell you that's that story and I get goosebumps again. And I feel like this is just like, I'm trying to think you are. Is it, is it just, is it just maybe like a misunderstood movie? You know what I mean? Like, is, is that what, because honestly, there was a lot of creepy parts. Don't get me wrong. There was some parts that genuinely skeeved me out, but they were so far and few in between, if that's the expression of the stagnant, just staring shots if they compress that to like an hour and 10 minutes i think it would have had a much more it would have had a much more effect on me because being an hour and 40 at a horror movie like i'm already kind of like oh i don't know yeah like hour and 40 is long uh especially with something like this so if they condensed it to like an hour and 10 and just kind of made it a little bit more quick pace i think it would have been more effective for me but mm-hmm. for you you liked the did you just like the drawn out kind of creepiness of it is that is that what you liked I didn't. I was actually hoping that, or like one of my critiques with my friends was that I, there was, I don't mind a a little bit of it, Yeah. but there was a lot. There was Um, a lot. And I felt like it could have easily been cut down to an hour, 10, hour, 20, like you said. Right. Um, But it was, and I'm trying to think, because I know you're like maybe four years younger than I am, I think. I'm 32 going, I'm 33 in March. Okay. So you're like three years older than me. Yeah. So because with, me and aid said the same thing this movie kind of brought us back to a house with no electronics besides the obvious tv and like standard stuff there's no ipads there's no cell phones like you feel more alone in a house 
when you don't have those things. The house feels, I think the house feels darker, not in like a sinister way, but like, it just feels like, like when there's, like you can tell when there's those things are not in a house and to be a kid. And, you know, I was telling Ada about a dream, not a dream, but a memory I had when I was a kid. And it could have been a dream because honestly, I was so little. I didn't think you could remember things from that long ago. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty much just like me laying in either like a crib or a toddler bed and seeing someone standing at my doorstep. I don't mm. know who it was. It was probably my mom. All I remember about this time is that I was just had this fear. Right. Mm, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that was. Right. But um, and you know, when you're young, when you're, especially these kids, these kids are four and six, mm-hmm. probably relating more towards a six-year-old because who knew what the fuck I was doing when I was four. But when you wake up in the middle of the night, cause you can't sleep, you don't wake up your parents. Like kids these days kind of don't really give a shit. They're like, ah, wake up, ah, 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 turn on the lights in the house. But at least for me, you know, I feel like we were kind of raised a little bit more with a uh, stronger hand where it's like, you don't interrupt like when your parents are sleeping i can tell you 100 percent. anytime i went to my parents room because i couldn't sleep this is exactly what i did i would get my shit of course it wasn't my shit it was my stuff at that time i didn't swear back then but you know i'd get my stuff like my pillows my blanket i would open their door and then i would go sleep at the foot of their bed on the floor in the carpet not wake them up not do anything i would just go sleep right there and listen to my dad snore all night um so yeah i can 100 percent uh relate to not waking my parents up unless it was like a fucking emergency like i was oh, like yeah. holy shit like i'm about to throw up but usually if i just got scared in the middle of the night yeah i would go sleep at the foot of their bed no problem and then wake up there the next day so yeah, yeah i can, I I can do, relate to doing that <laughs> i would do that also and so it like just reminds me of when you're walking when you're walking through your house at that age at that time period and it's just dark and the house seems massive because you're so small and I think about that, but then I also think, because I have a six-year-old, she just turned five, but she was four when I watched it, and a three-year-old. And so one of my biggest fears that I've had, not so much anymore because they're together and my oldest one is six, but one of the fears I've had is when I, when it was just me and the six-year-old, what happens if something happens to me and she's by herself? Like, mm-hmm. does she know yeah. what to do? Is she going to, like, what is she going to do? Um, and so it, it was playing on that fear. And then also the way these kids talk to each other, or the way that my two youngest talk to each other, because they're actually re- related, they're brother and sister. And I maybe that's why it was so effective for me. And I know Aid works with a bunch of kids. So like, you know, she was talking about her maternal instincts kicking in when these kids were in trouble. But then it's just, it's very sinister. And it might even have to do with the fact that I have like a religious background. Um, because I do like I was telling Aiden, I want to know what your theory is. Yeah. My my because everybody kind of has their own theory. I personally don't know if the director officially said his intention. And it kind of bummed oh, me right. out. Yeah. yeah. It bummed me out for a long time because I think these kids are in hell and they're reliving their deaths. That's kind of what I think, yeah. In a in a way. That's kind of like a variation of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, because it would have just been like they're reliving their deaths, but the fact that there's like a malevolent entity there makes me think that they're not somewhere good. Um Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. What did you think about the whole like what was so going on? my thing was 
I kind of thought because in the beginning of the movie, there's very little dialogue as we know, and 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 it really irritated me that there was subtitles for some text or subtitles for some speaking and no subtitles for other things because they're all fucking whispering. So it's like, why are we not subtitling everything? But I know at the beginning of the movie, the father is on the phone with someone saying, um, I can't remember the kid's name, but someone hit their head. They didn't need stitches, thank God. And so I thought maybe, okay, maybe we're in this kid's subconscious. He's hit his head, and now we're in his dreamlike state of him, you know, not knowing where his parents are and him trying to find his way back to reality, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like he's in this coma-like state, and he's having to, like the face, are we spoiling things? Yes. We've given a spoiler (laughs) warning before you come on. So the face at the end, I think, is the mom and the, the the I can't remember the one that got knocked like the kid that got knocked on the head. I think it was the boy. I think it was Kevin. Uh, his name Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. yeah. Kevin. And I'm thinking that the the face at the end is, you know, Kevin waking up and him being in a daze like state, seeing his mom, and his mom's just saying, Go back to sleep. Like you're you're safe now. Everything's okay. You're awake, but like, hey, you need to rest. So I'm thinking that. That's my theory is he hit his head and he's in this coma like state trying to find his way back to reality. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> like, it does because Abe was talking about that being one of the theories. Okay, yeah. But if you hit your head really hard, um, you're not supposed to go to sleep afterwards. So that makes me think. And then if you're in a coma and you wake up, they're not going to tell you to go back to sleep. Yeah, no, see, I, yeah, I like I know, but it's like that face, that face to me at the end either was the mom or it was the sister. I think it was the mom because if that's the face that he sees and she says, go back to sleep, that recycles the whole experience where they wake up again in the abandoned house. And then like at the end, it said like day 500 and whatever, whatever. Yeah, day 572. And it didn't say after or before. So I was like, was this, what does that mean? I looked it up. It's 572 days after the original thing that we saw. So yeah, they yeah. were in that house for a year and a half like that. So it's like. Yeah, I took it as that was the that was the 572nd time they're about to relive everything. Oh, okay interesting yeah because i got i got the whole from the dynamic that i saw it was the dad was not there but he was there in that one scene and the mom you know he's like i don't want to talk about mom why is she always crying i got for some reason that maybe it was the kids trying to process a divorce because dad wasn't there mom was crying mom was sad that dad left because even in at one point in the movie you hear a car drive away and i assumed that that was just dad driving away and mom's Mm -hmm. crying because she's now like you know a widow or not a widow but she's now single or something like that so i thought maybe at one point maybe that was like the child trying to process divorce but at the same time i'm like it's so hard to know what's actually going on because nothing's really explained like is it just going to be left up to our interpretation or is the director going to come forth and say hey (laughs) let me drop some fucking facts on you because it's just like i don't know there's so many things you could put together i watched so many theories on this and all of them were totally different yeah and i kind of wish the um the director would have said something recent because I feel like, and I'm not accusing this of happening, but I feel like if he's going to say something later, he could just be waiting for the right theory to be like, that sounds good. Right. Yeah. Just tell us you had no idea when you were making it. He'd be like, I had no, it was just an idea that I had. I don't know what it means. 
and maybe that's what makes it more dreamlike i don't know but yeah. it just it's real dark-sided austin this movie yeah. I, it just it really bummed me out for a long even when we were walking out of the theater i was like walking my friends they both gave it a five out of ten or a 2.5 out of five they were like okay. i'm not like i didn't hate it i'm not mad that i saw it but it had its flaws yeah um they were like it's more what was the word my friend used they're very smart i i can't i'm not on the same tier as them <laughs> um i feel with my wife i'm like you're so fucking smart just stop it (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i'm just the pretty face i just get us the free drinks but um i was walking and i was like i'm real bummed out you guys (laughs) i'm sad sad. it made me feel i don't like it (laughs) well it's just it's fucked up if my theory is right but i can't really identify with another theory like i it's just but the thing that sticks out to me that I don't have an answer for is the knife in the eye when the little boy accidentally yeah I don't know if he accidentally does that or if the uh, maybe the mom stabbed him in the the eye but like they're covering it up making it seem like he did it but like that scene almost I almost had to walk out because they use like a baby wailing yeah and my poor uterus couldn't handle it and I was like, there was honestly like towards the end, I was telling Aid that I had to look at the floor because I was like, y'all, this is. But there's plenty of floor shots for you to look at in the movie. Mighty. Yeah, <laughs> under the bed, bitch, please. <laughs> no, that's one of the scenes that really got me. Was that he's like, look under the bed. I'm like, fucking no, let's not do that. Let's yeah. never look under the bed. And then they did it, they did it twice. I'm like, fuck you. And then, of course, they had that kind of cheap jump scare that I did not like, where they just flashed a big light at you and made a big sound. And I was like, okay, well, that's going to scare anybody, you jerk. Um, <laughs> the phone, the stupid phone, when it changed its face, scared oh, the shit out of me. Oh, I was like, I, no, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I wasn't expecting it because this is a real low-budget movie, but that effect was, like, legit. Um, yeah, you just see those little... I was like, I was looking at them, like, are those eyes? And then it showed the 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 phone i'm like oh it's the phone and then it did that i was like yeah yeah <laughs> it, jumped out of my seat i was like holy shit yeah i i think i just like also and appreciate what they were able to do with such a small budget and by themselves dollars yeah that's that's fifteen thousand dollars is unheard of for a movie these days are you kidding me yeah and it's you know it's i just i would like to see this creator get a budget and see what he can do you know, maybe oh, this yeah. is even though you didn't like it. Maybe this is a one-hit wonder. Um, you know, maybe he'll he'll be like, "Ooh, y'all are gonna get mad at me." Maybe he's gonna be a Neil Marshall and only make one good movie, and the rest of them suck. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I I would I would trust him with a budget and see. Yeah, what no, I would too. I, I weirdly enough would trust him with a budget, and I'm not saying he doesn't have you know an eye for cinema at all. You know, he did this is an experimental film, you know, and it's gonna work for some people. It's it's gonna not work for other people, um, and it's weird that for some reason it did not work for both me and because that's why she watched it with me. She's like, let me watch it with you to make sure. And I'm like, no, I totally know what you're saying. Like, because sometimes I will miss things. She's very <laughs> smart, but she, we were both sitting there and we're like. And I looked over and I was like, are you enjoying And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, so I guess I'm not alone. But I would like to watch this after I do have a kid and see if anything possibly changes. Maybe something to do with the fear of your kid, like something like this happening to your kid. Like, 
I think that might change everything, but I, you know, I don't have any kids yet. So if, if, if I watch this after I have a kid and my, my opinion changes, obviously you'll be the first person I tell. Ooh. <laughs> One of my theories of why you didn't like it when we were talking shit about you That's was, fine. Uh, I, understand. Oh, I understand. Oh, I know. <laughs> it wasn't going to stop me, even if it wasn't fine. Um, one of my theories was that it may have been too hyped up for you. Um, because by the time you saw it, everybody was like, even me, I was telling you, I was like, oh my God, you know, fuck my pussy up. This movie scared me. Um, and I probably shouldn't have. And I apologize for that disservice. Because I, there was two things I saw before I saw the movie. I saw something that said it was terrifying. I saw something that said it was art house bullshit. So that's when I was like, I'm not going to look at anything. I'm not going to pretend that I know what's going to happen. So I was like, let's just go in and see what happens. Right. Maybe this is this guy's Clerks. You know how Clerks was like really low budget and weird looking. But then, I mean, Kevin Smith also isn't a great filmmaker. Sorry. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you just you go up from there. The quality anyways. I mean, he, his first Clerks is the highest rated one out of all of them, which I don't doesn't make sense to me. But uh, yeah, that was very low budget. They shot it in a gas station, you know, when it was closed at night. So, um, you know, uh, will I watch this again? Probably because I am always privy to the fact that I might not understand something with one or two watches, even on the second watch like that. I didn't like it, but I'm like, you know, maybe at some point this will click. I mean, it took me a few watches to to understand The Shining. I think it took me three or four watches to finally be like, OK, The Shining is fucking amazing. I love this movie. So this could be another case of that where I just need to watch it, analyze it, you know, actually you know, because I did the second time I watched it, I was at home, you know, I, was, I put my phone, you know, I had my phone up. So maybe I need to just sit in the complete silence and pitch black and watch this and zone into the movie. You know, it's all about, you know, external factors can have a huge play. And when you're watching a movie, so sometimes you just need to shut everything off and go into a movie and just immerse yourself. But I'll probably watch it again. I guarantee I will. If it comes out on Blu-ray, I'll probably buy it and just, you know, crank it up at night with the sound all the way up and uh, see if it does it for me especially after I have a kid, because I guarantee that might be a very like weighing factor in why I didn't like it. Yeah. And also um, take mushrooms, but. um... (laughs) Oh God, you (laughs) would see some wild shit in those shots. Just kidding. Do not do that. Anybody (laughs) speaking of, so, okay. So maybe you could like shed some light on this because it was so dark in that movie, but those scenes when it's just shoot like shots of a hallway, I mean, like, Am I supposed to be seeing something, you know? Is it, is my imagination supposed to be playing around to make shapes? Is it supposed to be trying to be reminiscent of looking down a hallway when you're a kid and not knowing if you're seeing something? Like, I'm I'm trying to, like, figure out why they kept shoot like, doing those shots of just a hallway with, like, complete blackness. Um, because you're supposed to think that he um, was inspired by David Lynch. But also... Um, I feel like it was trying to, I don't know where I heard this, this might be false, but it might be true, but I heard that the guy actually filmed this in his childhood home. Oh, and that would make sense. It did look like a, you know, (laughs) it's not in the trivia of skin and marink that I could find, but that's what I heard. And it's not like a far-fetched idea. No, I don't think there was anything in regards to like a subliminal message when it came to the hallway shots, except for the doors and the windows disappearing, which I wasn't too keen on because didn't I add, explain that. <laughs> yeah, it didn't add to the story. It didn't, I don't know. Well, I was like, okay, I guess. If anything, it, I don't know. I just, 
I don't know. It's very strange. Um, and then the toilet disappearing. So like, yeah, I was like, where are they going to take shits? And then they just throw two buckets up against the wall. I'm like, ha that's yeah. where they're going to the, the bathroom. The one comedic relief in yeah, the whole was... movie. <laughs> I did chuckle at that. I was like, oh, I guess that's where they're going to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, the audience thought it was funny. But like, no, <laughs> nothing else was funny about that. Movie. Nothing else was funny in that movie. No, no, no. Um, but no, I, I don't think it was, it tried to do anything. But it was just, ugh. Because every time I they had a shot like that, it just the because it was so grainy and it was kind of just having this effect where it was kind of morphing things. And I'm like, am I supposed to be seeing something or not? Because like it's kind of freaking me out. I don't know if there's supposed to be a shape there or if there's supposed to be an entity. Uh, so I guess I guess that part of the movie was effective for me because I'm sitting there searching and looking like, am I supposed to be seeing something? But I wasn't sure if that's what he was trying to do or if it was just a stagnant shot of a, of a hallway, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was just to fill time, which is why I was like, let's go ahead and just take that out. You can have a feature length movie at 70 minutes. So of course you can. Because yeah. this, this was even longer than an hour and 30. So that's why that's even more why I was like, it's yeah, it's an hour 41. I was like, oh, that's a long horror movie. Like, yeah. Man, like usually I like hour 20, hour and 30. Like that's my sweet spot for horror movies. And I saw this at an hour and 40. I'm like, yeah, I'm already worried. So yeah, I would I love to, I would love to get like a uh, what's the opposite of a director's cut where we cut it down, <laughs> cut it down like twenty or thirty minutes. <laughs> the, I guarantee I'll love it. Not the director's cut; it would be the audience preference. The audience preference cut, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I just I think it deserve it was deserving of a of a spot in my library because I do think this is a turning point. I mean, don't call me dramatic. But no. like, I think this is a turning point. I was talking to the audience. I know nope. you would never. No. Um, it's a turning point for horror. Every time we have something that we haven't seen before, it's a turning point. Mm-hmm. We have an hour and 40 long minute movie shot like something that really hasn't been in the theater before. It no. does borrow from found footage, but it's not found footage. Um, it's But what I respect most is how banana sandwich it is even though everybody has their own theory, it comes full circle at the end. Like you feel like there was a cohesive, complete story. At least I did. Yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't get that at all. I did not get a complete story. It just, the face came at the, you know, the ends go to sleep. And I was like, okay. But I mean, I guess now that you say that, you know, they did the first shot of them as waking up in the middle of the night and getting out that little toy that they had and playing with it. So I guess, now that you mention it, speaking about it, and this is why I love podcasting and talking to other people with different opinions. Is like, okay, now I can understand, go to sleep. And then I could see the kind of cyclical plot where they, oh, go to sleep and wake up. So they're like almost stuck in this weird time loop of, like you said, uh, being in hell or reliving their death over and over again. So that does make a lot more sense. And in, in talking about it again, makes me want to watch it again. A movie that I hated, I want to watch again now because of speaking to someone else about it because I need other opinions in my life. Yeah, for so. sure. You guys heard it here first. Frightmares podcast does not enjoy or support independent films. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Hang on now. <laughs> Hang on now. Kidding. I saw it in the theaters. I paid money to go see that. I know. I, I support. We did too. I actually, well, yeah, it's coming out soon. I just bought tickets to see Infinity Pool. Oh, same. Oh, so excited. I was. Never mind. I'm, I've already had too many hot takes on this episode. Um, okay. But um, but yeah, see, 
I'm glad we had you on because we needed this juxtaposition, as someone smart would say. That's as Jake. Jake would say. Yeah. <laughs> as a certain lawyer would say. Um, yeah, I'm in this fancy speak. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think we pretty much covered it. Like, okay, have yeah. you have you rated it on Letterbox yet? You can go find it. I'm not going to say it. You're going to hate it. Just go find me, Dr. Proctor on Letterboxd. You're not going to be happy. Oh, he's going right now. Oh, no. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. Wait, no. My name is uh, Flugelhorn64. That's my name. Go, his, go. his name is Hungry Bottom. Oh, Knock on the Cabin came out. Um, no, it did not. Yeah, the, I know. The advanced screening came out today. My friend Whoa. went to go watch it advanced that's like two oh no that's like a week advanced oh my god it's almost february what the fuck is time this is oh how inappropriate i am my friend he was actually one that went to go watch this with me um he went to go because i you know he's straight and i know i'm sorry and so he went to go watch it and he posted a picture of i guess like when they're waiting for it to start they have on the screen a poster or whatever and it says what he's watching he's like i'm so excited i love whatever that guy's name is um and i just commented gay <laughs> terrible and that's my no one likes me um dr oh god you're gonna be so upset I'm not, I ready mean... for, I'm not ready for this ridicule i'm about to receive oh no hang on you're lucky that it oops that's not how you spell that. I put Dictor Proctor. Sorry, I was. Well, you know, uh, you know what's on my mind. Hello. Um, there he is, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Austin, God. the official Frightmares podcast rating of Skin and Marink <laughs> submitted for the approval. Of the how the fuck do you work Letterbox? Jesus Christ. <sighs> you know what? Should I just tell you? I can just tell you it's fine. Me and Gabby both gave it a one out of five. Don't don't be trying to blame her about this. She stands with me in my hatred for this movie. But... When, when she's not even here to defend herself. Well, Gabby she is, said. She Gabby is said. sleeping. Oh, my goodness. No, yeah. We both gave it the same rating. Uh, every movie gets a half star because you, you got a movie made. And then it got half star for making me spooky scared a few times. But other than that um was not a fan but again uh, again like i'm i'm going to watch it again the, just because i gave a movie a bad rating one time does not mean it stands like that forever i've rated movies much worse well i guess half star and uh they've come back around so that's never going to be my final standing on a movie you know mm-hmm. if, I, if i hate something if i hate something i'm going to watch it again 100 percent. here are my friends reviews on letterbox of skin and Marine. <laughs> four stars four stars three and a half stars three stars Austin one star. One star. And then no. I know I know you like to talk about funny reviews that you find on Letterboxd. Yes. I thought this one was yes. kind of funny. Yes, it's true. If you have 10 minutes of silence and then out of nowhere play an extremely loud piercing sound, I will be startled. Amazing discovery. <laughs> That's yep. My wife read that one to me and I and before we watched the movie, and I was like, what? And then we watched it and I was like, oh, that part right there. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to be fucking scared when it's pitch black and you shine a light in my face. Yeah. Cheap jump scare. That was the only cheap jump scare that they did. Every other, like, scare that they had was genuine and authentic. I will give it that. There were some fucking very creepy moments in that movie. I can't deny it that. Yeah. 
Um, I might not have enjoyed it and gave it a crappy rating, but there were some, there were some really good, like I was like cringe, you know, I was like, I was tensing up. I was like, Oh, I don't like this. So you could have made a diamond in my asshole. That's how much I was cringing. (laughs) But I know that your one star was not a serious review because you didn't even leave any review after it. Just as one star, you're just being petty. Oh no, I don't leave reviews for horror movies because I have a horror podcast. You, literally, once I go back and once I go oh back and review it, it'll, once I go back and review it, it'll say, uh, "I don't." I leave all the horror and sci-fi reviews to my podcast. Check it out here with a link. Yeah, I don't review any horror movies on. Uh, you can go back and fact check me on all my diaries. So I'm sorry. What check you? What did you call fact, me? Fact. Fact. Oh, fact <laughs> check. Let me, let me let me enunciate, please. Fact. Uh, did everybody hear what Austin just called? No. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> my enunciation i'm sorry i'm sorry if i go if i go researching it's called sensor check um (laughs) i get canceled fuck this was my review so if you don't follow me on letterbox which you probably don't not you my audience my audience because i do have a podcast as well but i also leave reviews on letterbox it says I wasn't sure what to expect during the first 20 minutes. It was actually quite frustrating, but as the story progressed, you can put the pieces together. This turns into a hellish, dreadful nightmare that any kid from the 90s will identify with. This is a movie that will stick with me for a while and left me disturbed. The end. See? Short and sweet. They can still listen to my podcast and hear a completely different side of the story. (sighs) You're going to start making me write reviews for horror movies now. I already have enough shit to do with horror movies. Mikey. No. I'm just... (laughs) Sorry, I don't make people have to hide behind a paywall in order to hear what I have to say about a movie. What paywall? You can go listen to me for free. You're just like an OnlyFans creator. If you want more, you gotta listen to my show. Man, if you want more, you can go listen to it for free. I'm cheap, man. I'm a cheap OnlyFans creator. (laughs) They do have free OnlyFans out there, just saying. But we'll review, we can review other people's other fans, OnlyFans another time. Other fans. (laughs) Yeah. That's a whole other site. Yes. Well, Austin, I do thank yes. you for taking the time to meet with me after my little mess up. Um, Absolutely. I was not prepared, but we did great. I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, so. yeah, we 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 killed a lot of time there with some uh, with some good facts. So, what was that? I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> no, no <laughs> facts. F-A-C-T-S. God damn it. Why would I do that twice in a row? I'm terrible. I'm terrible. terrible. Cancel him. Cancel Frightmares. Just cancel me at this point. I'm sorry. With that said, Frightmares is actually extremely LGBT friendly. So if you're a Republican, maybe don't listen to them. But (laughs) um, (laughs) you can listen to Frightmares and it's a great show. And I don't say that. Usually if I didn't really like it, I'd just be like, yeah, you can listen to them here. But Frightmares is actually a really good show. Um, you can find it wherever podcasts are available. Anywhere you listen to this podcast, you can find Frightmares. Um, and you can find Austin on Letterboxd at Dr. Drop Proctor and on TikTok at, don't tell me, Silver Star. No, uh, Silver Shamrock. Yeah. Uh, is there a dot there? No. Silver dot Shamrock. Yes. There's a butthole in between Silver and Shamrock um and then do y'all have a facebook group i think y'all do because i think that's where i troll you all the time facebook group mm-hmm. no no just a page just page just yeah. frightmares frightmares look for the skull and headphones oh my god i have to go get my fucking charger goodbye and goodbye 
Facebook at Mutant Goons from Beyond. It's a group. You can find us on Instagram at Slashers Pod and Mutant Goons from Beyond. You can find Aid on Instagram at Pathologically Aid. I don't know how to spell that. You can find me on Instagram at Horror in a Half Shell. You can also see me and Aid doing some episodes with Austin on Frightmares Podcast. Um, it's super awesome. Go give them a listen. And we have a Redbubble at slasherspod.redbubble.com. You can support us monetarily at Patreon, patreon.com slash slasherspod, or my direct credit card information is, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <sighs> that was a lot. Anywho, any closing words, Audreon? No, I had a good time. My, my boo-boo, thank you for doing this with me. Of course, it's what I do. It's what I live for. What's that from? <laughs> oh my God, is that is that Ursula? Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> Ursula. <laughs> Um, that's why i love you (laughs) (laughs) at any rate thank you guys for listening we'll come back to you with the regular episode next week without further ado goodbye and good die bye Music, it makes me dance. We got the music, now he's chance. Man, just made it. (sighs) Just in the Austin of time. I was at 1%. I thought I would make it through this entire episode, but we talked for 42 minutes. Oh my God. It's going to be like an hour and a half episode. (laughs) So much for a short episode, everybody. Just just cut out all my bullshit. I talked way too much. (laughs) No, we'll just just cut out aid.